Hey everyone, welcome back to the Girl of Gen Z podcast. I am your host, Clarissa, and today's podcast recording was actually done in a little bit of a different fashion. It was my first online video call podcast. So this was actually recorded on Skype. So please bear with me if the audio is not perfect. I'm still trying to find the best online video calling software for podcasts. Today's guest is named Desiree Piper, also known as Desby Fit, also known as Des. Des is a health and wellness educator, and I guess you would consider her a influencer as well. She's on multiple social media platforms, and she has quite a large following. So today we talked a little bit about what it's like being an IFB Pro Card holder, the life afterwards, her business, and what being a sponsored athlete is really like, along with being an affiliate or an athlete for a brand. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to give you guys a quick reminder to not forget to give this podcast a five-star rating, leave a comment, and subscribe to The Girl of Gen Z. These little things do more than you'll ever know, so I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to do so. And as always, in the show notes, we'll have the timestamps so you guys can kind of follow along with the topics that we cover throughout this episode, and of course, the social media links for Des and I. So without further ado, let's get on started with this podcast. All right. Good morning, Desiree Piper, also known as Des. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How was your morning? It was good. Woke up. I actually been doing yoga once a week. So had a good class, kind of like just a good flow. I don't know. It makes me feel good in the morning. How was yours? It was good. It was good. Just like got up, did a couple emails, made a couple calls. But yeah, nothing crazy for a Monday. Your dog's jumping in again. (laughs) Do you want to start off with sharing a little bit about yourself so my listeners have an idea of who you are and what you do on all these platforms? Yeah, of course. Well, thank you again, first and foremost, for having me on. I think podcasts are podcasts and collabs in general. Like We're all just so much better together. And so I think it's so fun when we can collab and share each other's socials and links and things that we like work on together. It's, it's just such a beautiful form. So thank you for having me on and thinking of me. Um, but my name's Des, I go by Des B, um, used to formerly be Des B fit. So I kind of started in this pure fitness phase. Um, I went into competing kind of feel like as everyone does when they kind of first want to transform their body, ended up going pro became a bikini pro got engaged, got married over a span of like two years and kind of capped off the competing part of my life. And now I've just been focusing on my, you know, growing business as well as my health and lifestyle, um, but not in the extreme phase kind of that I was in before. So that's like a very brief synopsis. So yes, I would be considered a Fitzbo, but I definitely want to say that um, my page and what I stand for is like way more broad than that. Gotcha. So what kind of title would you give yourself? Like an influencer or... Um, I, I would just call myself, um, maybe like a a health and wellness influencer. If you want to call it, I think we're all influencers. Like I hate that word because everyone has the opportunity to influence no matter like literally who you are, not even on social media, like just in life, you can influence people. So that word being thrown at like a specific category of people almost like irritates me. Cause it's like, Hey, you have just as much of an opportunity to influence as I do. So that just that's just like a side note, but I would definitely just call myself a health and wellness educator. There we go. That's more fun. I like it. I like it. Sounds so profesh too. I educator. Said, I'm like adding to my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and how old are you? I am 24. I'll be 25 in April. 
wow that's so exciting that's I know, so exciting yeah I'm like I remember looking at 25 year olds being like oh my gosh they've they have so much going on and <laughs> and I'm looking at myself like wow I also have a lot going on <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yes literally I'm like I'm now that person so that's exciting <laughs> So we're going to start a little bit with your fitness background, I guess. So obviously you are an IFB uh, pro card holder. Um, let's dive a little bit into that. So how did you kind of get started into fitness and what was the process of competing like and how has your journey changed since? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think a lot of people immediately just want to know about how competing was versus then following up, following it up with what is it like now? You know, what happens after competing? I think a lot of people just kind of like phase out and don't talk about it. So I like being able to kind of open up about it. So when I started in bodybuilding, um, I want to say I started back in like my college athletic days. So we would have to do a lot of strength and conditioning to obviously keep us prime for season and off season. And during that time, our college strength coaches definitely pushed us, you know, with weights. We were educated on squat form and push press form and sprints and agility and ladders, all these things combined. And I would always be the one to ask to come in early and do some extra stuff. Um, so that's kind of where my passion for just being better, you know, making myself better came from. Um, but I was also studying exercise science in school. So I was also simultaneously kind of learning what I was doing as I was performing it as an athlete. Um, once 2015 came, uh, my college athletics career came to an abrupt end. Um, I do have a YouTube video on that, kind of just explaining what happened to me, but came to an end. And at that point, I got into a little bit of CrossFit because that's what my dad was in. I competed in a few competitions in CrossFit. I was by no means like Brooke Wells or anything crazy, but I had this passion to still like be the best CrossFitter and ended up being like way too hard on my body, which I feel like for the general population it is. So always be careful with that. Um, but I was just like, how can I now transform my body? You know, I made myself stronger. I made myself diverse, if you want to call it. How can I get into something that now I can look different? Um, and that's where I found bodybuilding. Someone approached me in a gym and was just like, do you compete? And I'm like, compete in what? <laughs> and they're like, like bikini. And I'm, I was just like mind blown. I'm like, what is bikini competitions? What the heck is that? Um, and they kind of briefed me about it, went home, Googled it and like literally immediately found a coach. I just, I needed that next step competition. Yeah. I was like, sports are over. So how can I, again, compete in a way that's not like a marathon <laughs> or a triathlon. So I found my coach, just a local guy to me, um, competed, you know, time goes on. I compete two times, one both took a year and a half, 17 months to be exact off and then started prep again for my pro card. During that time, um, I went, I did three total shows. So I've only done five total shows. I did one regional show, which then I qualified for my national show, did a national show, came in ninth, um, kind of got some critique back on like my physique. And I was kind of like blown away, but I was way too lean, which is just, it's interesting. It's very fine balance in bodybuilding. Went to my second national show, won the whole thing, and then went pro. So after that experience, I was very much, um, I was committed to going to the next level. So then I was like, okay, well, I want to be Miss Bikini Olympia. And then about four months after I won, we moved to Florida, my husband and I, now my husband and I, at the time we had got engaged 
in September of that same year. And it was just an immediate shift of mindset of, I can't be selfish anymore. You know, I have this, I have this other person that sure he's been in my life for four years, but now it was just a different appreciation of this guy is about to be my husband and this sport is so selfish. So after that, I kind of was like, never say never, but I don't plan to compete. Fast forward a year, we got married. Fast forward to now, I'm just at that point where I'm finally um, recovered from that mental state of which I saw my body and even food as a competitor. Um, not by any means disordered, but it is definitely a, 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 just a weird mental state. That's, that's the only way I can really put it. It's not, a, it's not an, an overall issue, but it is something that is, it comes with bodybuilding. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Now I'm just I've never been more lax in my fitness journey while still striving to be the best me. Um, but that's kind of, you know, long story short, kind of where it was full fledged fire for passion competing to now I respect it. Great for you. It taught me a lot. Um, but I just want to continue to educate people on the normalities of health. Gotcha. And yeah. Gotcha. So some follow-up questions to that then. Yeah. What is your definition of selfish during that time? Yeah. So selfish during that time was very much, there was no date nights. Um, there was no going out to eat. If we did go out to eat, it was always sushi and froyo, which was always fun for us. Um, however, it would result in me eating until I was sick. So then the rest of the night I would go home and sleep. Like there was no, it just, it wasn't functional. <laughs> and, um, along with that was, you know, I didn't go visit home because I knew if I would go home, I'd have to bring my food scale. And I would know that if my family wanted to get our favorite, like hometown pizza joint, I would be, I would get mad, um, going to, you know, birthday parties or cookouts, whatever. I would just have like a piss attitude. Cause I just, you're around food, you know, you can't eat. I just, I, it wasn't, it just wasn't healthy. So the selfishness wasn't only to my, at the time, boyfriend, then fiance, now husband, but it was also just to my family and those around me, um, as well as those on social media, you know, all I did was like post ab shots. Like, how does that make you feel better? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. but, that, but that's like all I had that like kind of kept me going was the fact that I looked good. So it becomes very selfish and almost, almost narcissistic. It definitely can for some people. I can't say I got to exactly that, you know, level of just pure narcissism, but it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing to watch. And now seeing other people go through it from the, you know, outside of you, I'm just like, wow, like I, I can see that now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like you have a totally different perspective after looking back on the entire experience. Like what was the duration of years that you did your competing? So I competed for the first time in 2016, started that prep in March, and then competed September, October. Gotcha. And then 2018, I competed, started prep in February, ended in July. So it was, it wasn't like a long, pre like I wasn't like prepping for like years, but it was that lifestyle still in between that I was very rigid, very focused. Um, although I had leeway. I didn't want to take it because I didn't want to mess up that next show or whatever it was. So it was still like a lingering prep the whole time. It was never really an off season because mentally I couldn't 
be off, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how was your support system during this time period? Like, how would your now husband um, react to situations like that? Like, was he supportive? Would he be bummed out? A little bit of both? Yeah, I think that for the most part, we started dating um, actually in 2015 around literally when my prep started. That's when we started dating. So he really like has seen me evolve and to go through it all. And from the beginning, he was always very supportive. Like there's never a, you shouldn't do that or like anything, nothing like that. Um, but I definitely know that it caused strain on our relationship and he had to like have a lot of patience with me and a lot of understanding that maybe even at times it was like, seriously, <laughs> you know, like, or maybe he was upset or didn't want to come over. Like, I know he's mentioned that before. Like, he's like, I remember back in college, like when you were in your first prep, like there would be days, like I didn't want to come over. Cause I would just know you would be like angry, hangry and like, just go to bed. Um, but he still did. And he showed up and, you know, supported and stuff. But my family, on the other hand, um, in my first prep was very unsupportive. They didn't really understand not only the sport, but understand why it was so revealing, if you want to call it that. I come from a very religious family, so it was, I don't want to say they shunned me out, but they just didn't care. They didn't want to ask. They didn't want to see it. Um, they didn't really care. <laughs> and then after that first prep, and I, I did well, they kind of came around just curious, you know, whatever. And then as I continued to go, they saw what I was doing simultaneously with my Instagram, you know, growing my following and having a business. They then came to understand, you know, the purpose of what I was doing and how it was setting me up for this rapport um, in the fitness community being built. So it wasn't like gung ho at first. It still wasn't gung ho second time around, but they at least were like very proud and understanding of, of what I was doing at that point. Gotcha. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Well, I'm going to say I guess it depends on the family, but it does take some time to let something like that sink in for people who don't fully understand. Like you said, the sport, it's, mm -hmm. it's your lifestyle, not theirs. So they're trying to understand from the outsider perspective. And clearly you, you made a thing out of it in the end. So yeah. I'm sure that they had a bajillion questions um, as it went forward. Yeah, no, at, you know, they, like I said, they came around, they started asking, they started wondering how things were going. Um, but once I got out of prep and especially like this past Christmas, you know, we, this was the first Christmas where I just like didn't care. Cause you know, I was like, I, I wasn't competing. This is just like my life now. And we just had such an amazing time. And I know that it's, it's very, they might not say it to me and they have a they have a few times, I guess, in conversation, but just how much happier and how much healthier I look and how much healthier, even mentally, like, you know, I come off and if you want to call it like my aura, you know, like it's just kind of a healthier, happier person versus someone who's constantly like living in anxiety and constantly questioning, like if I look good enough, which we all still have our bad days. Don't get me wrong, but totally different, drastic thought processes. <laughs> Right. Right. Um, so did they come to any of your shows? Um, my dad did, my dad did. And then my in-laws did my mom and sister and like little brother. Well, obviously my little brother, like I would never let him come to be honest. He's only 12, like doesn't just doesn't need to see that, but no one else really could only cause it was like a drive or we had to fly to the show. So as much as they wanted to maybe the second time around they just simply couldn't but my dad did go to one show so that was kind of cool 
what was his opinion on the process? Because he did he ever compete or was he just? He, he never competed, but he's the one that got me into like CrossFit. So he does like the CrossFit competitions. He's he does he does everything. He he is like super athlete, um, even at his age now. So he's the one that kind of pushed me into just keep going. And so he was always the one where I could tell him how my prep was going, or he would ask and actually understand like when I say my macros are low, like he understands cause he gets nutrition, but like my mom, it would just be over her head. So she just didn't really ask, but I was never offended. Cause I just knew it would end up in a, maybe a tiff of right. Like, Oh, well, like I didn't really care to hear your opinion. I just wanted to vent. So I would just call my dad. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, sometimes one parent's good for one thing, one's good for the other. So they got to balance each other out. So we get it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what, kind of program are you following now? Did you create your own? Do you have a coach for anything or do you kind of just do whatever you feel when you go to the gym? Yeah. So I've been following my own challenges and my own programs that I've been creating. So ever since I didn't, I stopped having a coach that was this past August, right before my wedding, I kind of prepped a little bit for my wedding. Um, then I got rid of my coach and I started doing like my own bride guide, um, which was really fun to share because a lot of girls have done it with me who have actually like been married, like got married as well, or maybe they just got engaged and they wanted to do it and like shred for the wedding too. So it was a fun, different like demographic that I got to reach. Um, but I did that. And then I'm doing like now my six weeks to slay challenge, but I did actually inquire with a new coach just because I do have like some goals for February and just going onward, um, being a coach myself, it's, the last thing you want to do is worry about yourself. Like I, you know, your clients come first. So at the end of the day, when it comes to, okay, what does my body need? It's like, I don't even have time to think about it. I'm just hungry. So I'm just going to eat my food and not worry about, you know, what I'm doing. Um, so I did inquire with the coach just because I'd rather have it be a, a mindless thing for me and have someone help me, you know, with what to do as well, just to kind of get me back on, on track. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> yes. So you had mentioned, um, a little bit about your schooling. Where did you go to school? I went to school at Western Michigan university. So right okay. in Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. And how many, was that four years? Yep. Yep. Four years on the dot. <laughs> I was okay. in and out. <laughs> did you, uh, live on res or were you? Oh, I, it's so sad. Cause I always wanted that like dorm experience, but the first year of college, I actually went to community college and played volleyball there. Um, so the first year I, since it's community college, I automatically went into a, uh, an apartment. And then once I moved, I transferred and got to play at my university. I ended up same thing, like being in an apartment. Cause I then didn't need to be in the residence halls. But luckily a lot of my friends, like part of the volleyball team had to live on campus. So I do a lot of sleep, like sleepovers and party weekends. We would just roll back to the, to the dorm. So I kind of got that experience, but kind of sad. <laughs> you didn't get the full, full effect. Kind of, but... oh, like the, like the meal plans on campus and like walking around all the time. And I was, I was just so envious of that. And some people are like, why? I'm like, so fun. But are the people that are asking you that the ones that had the experience? So they're like, what are you talking about? Like, they just think it's so normal. I know. I'm like, no, like, it's so fun. Like, take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I noticed you're wearing a cross on your necklace. Yes. Is that a fashion statement or is that, are you a little bit religious or what's the kind of significance? Yeah, I, I am religious. I do. I 
love, love my dude, love my dude, Jesus. Um, but specifically this one is actually funny. It's an urn. Um, but it's for my grandmother who passed away, um, this past October. So I actually have like ashes in here. Um, what's it called in the light urns if anyone asks I always get questions where I get my necklace I'm like um guys it's actually holding my grandma so <laughs> not to be weird um, but yeah no I still did get the cross though just because of my my beliefs and knowing where she is now so gotcha okay yeah. so I guess moving on to sponsorships and affiliates and athletes and all that yeah. um so obviously if anyone follows you they know that you are affiliated with a few brands um you wear their clothes use their supplements etc so I guess my first question is um how did you reach out to companies or did they reach out to you so example Alani New, Buff Bunny, uh Tula right yeah yeah so it's in the beginning, like when I first started social media, um, first off, a lot of bigger companies like didn't exist yet because they were still growing themselves like in the industry. So when it first came out, it was like people like Quest Nutrition, um, Arctic Zero, the very like only like three flavors of Halo Top and supplement <laughs> companies were like um, Cellucor and the gold standard that was it like there were there was just like gnc supplements not really count them on your hands yeah so in that time as i continued to grow my page like smaller brands would reach out and just be like hey we want to send you stuff i'm like all right like just free stuff period um as i got bigger other companies started reaching out and saying hey we'll send you this stuff but we'll also give you a code where you could make commission. So that's kind of where I learned about commission. So I would just like partner again with companies that I liked, but when you're, when you're young as an influencer, you kind of take what you can get because it shows that you can, that your community values you, you can already have them warm to understand like, Hey, I'm going to promote some products I might use instead of just being at all of a sudden hundred K and you're like, Hey guys, I have codes now, you know, it's like, Whoa, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. So <laughs> taking advantage of everything you got to continue to just show that you like to do it. Other companies kept reaching out. And then again, as I continue to grow my page, now I have these bigger companies that reached out to me versus me having to do the dirty work, right. And like email them. Um, and they were open to sending me stuff and then also giving me, you know, commission codes, codes to get them like my consumers either percentage off or, some of them are just referral codes too, to just show, show support. Um, but it's still, it's super, super fun to partner with companies now that I'm older in my journey that I truly just like love. I turn away people that I'm like, absolutely not. Um, and only like, I can kind of be picky now. Right. Cause I have an audience that relies on me to give them true information, um, and reviews versus before when it was kind of like, okay, like I'll try it and then I'll review it. Now it's just like, if I know I'm not going to like it, like I don't have time for that. Um, so whatever my audience gets is like the purest of the pure. <laughs> yeah. The true authentic. <laughs> yes. Yes. So let's go into a little bit more detail then. So Alani knew, for example, they yep. reached out to you. Yes. Yep. I reached out. Well, Hayden and I always kind of connected, which is Katie's husband. And he hooked me up two years ago now with bite meals, which was their meal prep company. Um, so I've worked with bite meals for about a year and a half and it just simply became like too high of calorie where again, like I wasn't using it. So like, I can't, I'm not going to promote that. Um, so once that kind of like 
fade it out. And I was just like, Hey, like this isn't working out. They're like, Hey, not a big deal. We have the supplement company coming out and like, we really want you a part of it. And of course, knowing like the value that they bring to people and how they produce their products and formulate them. I knew it wasn't going to be some like, you know, crappy drugstore, like protein powders that you find at like Walmart, no offense, you know, do what you got to do. But for what I would want to promote, I knew it was going to be up to like my personal standards. So of course I was like, heck yeah, like I'm so excited. And I've been with them now for over a year and I've been using them though for about a year and a half. So. Okay. So it was you and Hayden that first started connecting then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, then him, him and Katie kind of like called the shots between like who they want to bring on as athletes. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So then they started sending you some products. You start trying them out and then you're like, this is great. And then that's it. You just keep moving yep. this, moving this product. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so then moving to buff bunny, did yep. she, did Heidi Summers reach out to you? Yeah. Same thing. So this was, in this, in this coming summer, that'll also be two years ago now that she reached out to me, sent me, this was like their first ever, or I'm sorry, this was like their second launch. Their first launch, I was the consumer. Like I was like, oh my God, like semi alarms, like type, type, type. Um, and so I got my stuff in the mail, immediately loved what I at the time could afford to buy. And then they reached out to me and just said like, they wanted to send me a little package, super excited to like, just hear my thoughts and review it. So I had it before launch. Um, and at this time we didn't, they didn't really have codes or like links or anything yet. So it was just purely like a word of mouth, kind of get, get out the launch is coming, whatever. After that launch, then they extended the opportunity to partner with them, um, in a non-exclusive way, which is even cooler as an influencer, because sometimes when you wrap yourself into exclusivity, um, you might get paid more if, you know, depending on the company, but it sometimes can also wrap you down to where it's like well, what if I really love this other small business? Or like, what if I really want to support X, Y, and Z, or even like Lululemon, sometimes companies are weird about you wearing different, you know, clothing. So I was really glad when Heidi was super open about me just promoting what I love. And then if I love Buff Bunny, like, awesome, promote it, you know, it's kind of up to you to promote it how you want, because the, then the launch, how your personal launch goes, go, you know, is kind of falls on you. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So were there any contracts you ever needed to sign when working with different companies being like, you can't talk about certain, um, like the competitor, for example, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. Like if you were to wear one clothing brand, you can't talk about the other clothing brand for a certain period of time. Yeah. So I've done plenty of contracts with like different companies. Um, especially like Alani, I have a contract with them just kind of breaching same thing. Like if there's any competitive product, I'm not going to promote my sleep vitamins by Ollie nutrition, you know, you can find it like target or whatever when they have a sleep aid that I use, you know? So it's kind of like those things. Um, I'm not really, I'm not exclusive with any clothing company right now. So, you know, that's kind of like, I'm a free agent if you want to call it that. And then same thing, like when I worked with under armor in the past, I designed an agreement with them to like not wear X, Y, and Z brand for a 30 day period after, um, worked with halo top couldn't promote any other low calorie ice creams for you know x amount of time after so they just cover themselves and i think it's smart because you don't want certain people on the online that do purely ads for revenue like some people don't have businesses they, they literally are just influencers um so for them if they're just focusing ad to ad and they have five different skincare you know routines that they're promoting each week that, you know, that is confusing as heck. And then 
the other person from the week before gets shafted, you know, so they just cover themselves as a business, which I think is super important. Um, and also like very respectful. It's like, heck yeah. Like keep yourself covered because people are mean, people are mean and people don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Dog eat dog world. It's very true. Um, so because this is an interesting topic I find for a lot of people, is there something that you think that, um, influencers kind of mislead their viewers to think like, what's something that the viewers wouldn't know that's something that you'd like to correct or share? Um, I think it's just the openness of what codes do, because I know for me, if I ever have a, a discount code or a referral code, like I blatantly will always tell my audience, which they respond so well to, which is why I don't understand why some people hide it, but, um, they, you know, openly telling them, Hey guys, like I make a small commission on this. And if you use my code, you know, it brings revenue in me to where I can pour it back into new plans, new graphic designer, new ring lights, new YouTube studios, new, this, new, this pouring back in my business. So I'm very open and opaque about that. Like y'all keep me employed. I don't care. Like (laughs) I'll tell anyone that because a lot of it. Yeah. My own business is my own business to where like I run that myself, but the additional just like side hustle money, if you want to call it comes from those that support me. Um, so I think there's one thing that viewers should be more aware of and just in general influencers should be more transparent about is where that code is going. You know, are you making commission off that code? Is it just a support code? Um, is it just showing that you referred me? Does it give you better opportunity to work with them again? Cause like, I'll use it. You know what I mean? If someone comes to me and they're like, use my code for Lululemon. If, if it does well, um, I might be able to model for them or something. Like, I'll be like, hell yeah. Like I want them to get that opportunity. So I'll use our code. So I think the transparency aspect and what you might be giving this person, um, especially if the product's gimmicky and you're kind of like, Hmm, like this is weird. She's promoting that kind of have an idea of either a, what this person got paid to just post it or what they're getting now if they have like a code or any link. Right, right. I like that you explained that because that is a very, very valid point. I do find that a lot of influencers will just say like, oh, I appreciate it more than you know, but they never go kind of, not that they should have to, but go beyond and say, you know, this gets poured right back into the stuff I do that you guys like to watch and want to see more of. So that's such a great way of putting it because obviously people want to, you would hope to see more of that. So it makes complete sense. Exactly. And I think too, with just like the FTC compliance, you know, putting hashtag ad being transparent about that, like it's technically illegal. Like if you're not disclosing that, you know, you're making revenue off this. So even if there's like a sponsored post, a sponsored YouTube video, sponsored anything, I don't care how big or small your channel is, that needs to be disclosed because um, these people, they, they just deserve to know. That's kind of like a, it's kind of just rude in my opinion to keep it yourself and just be like okay I'm gonna make all these people order this and just make profit off them without them understanding that so yeah that's what I think (laughs) yeah well I love the transparency I'm sure a lot of people also do really appreciate that so moving on to like sponsored posts and such yeah um how often do you do those is that like depending on like certain launch days of things um do you have to like plan it out in ahead so it's not like sponsored post after sponsored post yeah I actually don't do a lot of sponsored posts at all. I think the only ones I've really ever done that are sponsored posts, like posting for these people, um, 
were like I've done a few with stance socks which like absolutely love and it keeps me affiliated with them so love doing that um under armor I did a paid post with and little bed which love all those products like I, I sleep on my little bed every night like <laughs> most I've ever done um so when it comes to paid posts those are all that I do um everything else that I personally post like when I repost my Tula on my um, Instagram story or when I show my routine or when I post um, like my beat kicks, like my beat ear covers or my line nutrition supplements, like none of those are sponsored. It's just up to me. Like, Hey, if I want to make commission, I need to show these people what I'm using. Um, and it's also just like rude to the company to just like use their, use their code to make money, but like also not promote brand awareness. It's like, that's mean too. So I don't do a lot of actual paid posts at all. Um, a lot of mine is like, like literally organic to where if people want to use my code or they decide to do it, cool. Um, same with like all my Buff Bunny reviews on my YouTube. You don't, we don't have to make those. We don't have to, but again, it's up to us to get that brand awareness and show the when the launch is, when this, because if we want to make our revenue of, you know, commission codes being used, referral codes being used, like that's up to us. It's kind of how much work do you want to put in? Um, but other than that, if I were to do more paid posts, sponsored posts, it would definitely need to be spaced out just because my natural feed isn't at, 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 at. <laughs> it would be very like, whoa, for my consumers to like, see that from me. Right. So was that very Instagram based? You were talking like, did you ever do a sponsored video for YouTube? Um, I have done, I have done, I think two, I did one with like a jewelry company, which I really liked. Um, and then I did another one with that might've been it actually <laughs> I have another one coming up though for um, a sports bra company called she fit that I'm going to actually be testing a little bit of like impact and sports bra especially since I got the girls done a few years ago now a lot of people wonder like what sports bra high impact blah 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 so doing a cool clothing review for them um, but also that's stuff that when they approach me and they go, Hey Des, would love for you to do a review. That's when I think, okay, is this worth it? Um, oh yeah, I did do one with Apple. One with Apple before. And it was like a clothing try on haul. I picked out all my own clothes and like reviewed them very bluntly. So those, and those are fun for me. And again, I pick which, which I want. I have plenty of reviews I could do and just get money, money, money. But like, I'm not going to do some stupid thing I've never never used before or would never put like on my body. So that doesn't make sense. <laughs> for sure. The bra company, the sports bra company you were just talking about caught my attention for a quick second because okay. it is hard for chestier girls to find like good supportive sports bras, but also look good in the gym yes. and are good for they're different like, activities. Yeah. They're not like, or they look like surgical bras. Yeah. So that's why I'm excited to use this one. Cause I just had quite a few people actually reach out and they're like, Des, like, what do you run? And I'm like, first off, honey, I don't run. <laughs> but second off, if you're looking for support, I also, I don't really know. Um, this one I have on right now, actually from Lululemon's pretty good. But other than that, I, I couldn't really tell you maybe some high neck support that I have from Buff Bunny collection. Um, but again, like they're not real. So for natural chestier women, it might like that weight is carried differently. Right. So, um, to be able to do that, like, that'll be kind of fun. Like, love that. For sure. <laughs> yeah. My sister, um, she's actually two years younger than me, but she is a heavier chest than me actually. And she, <laughs> she's funny when she tries on sports for us. Cause she's like, it feels like I'm putting a harness on my body. Like, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, I don't want that. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't want that at all. We don't need that. So, well, look forward to that. You might like that one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I definitely will. <laughs> um, so moving a little bit more onto the entrepreneurship talk. Yeah. Um, so you actually, I guess it's kind of crossing topics here, but I noticed you were wearing, is that the Buff Bunny? Like, yeah. Teddy, yeah. It yes, it's a teddy coat. <laughs> you went to the um, holiday launch party. Yes. Was it a launch party or just holiday party? It was a holiday party, yeah. Um, so how was that? So Heidi flew a bunch of influencers out and yep. did you guys do like a photo shoot for the newest line as well while you're out there? Yeah. So we got there, I think we got there Thursday, Thursday, we all kind of hung out, um, you know, meet up with the girls that flew in. And then Friday we did an all day shoot at the Queens landing, which is like her new headquarters. So breathtakingly beautiful. Like seeing where this company has grown with, like within the past two years is it's just so inspiring. And also it's so cool to see what we as influencers have had impact to build. Um, because sure, Heidi has so much reach, please don't get me wrong. But a lot of influencer marketing is driving sales. Like truthfully, you know, only, only Heidi can promote her own clothing so much. And people are like, eh, like, I want to believe you like, duh, but to hear it from other people like me or whoever else is affiliated, that's, that's when you find a true beliefs and people want to, you know, review and try. So seeing what as influencers, we've also helped her grow to, it's just so beautiful. And she respects that also so much. Like she's so grateful for us and she showed that. And it was just, it was so cute. It was so fun. And like I said, just inspiring to just see her in her own space now versus like a little, it was like a 15 by 15 room. I mean, it was nothing. And now she has this beautiful, like three story, technically I think four story. With attic. It's so awesome. Like it was so cool. So it was fun. And again, like getting into like around influencers, I would confidently say Buff Bunny has a really great team of people that are really genuine, um, all different walks of fitness in life, just period, not even like super fit, just different walks of life. And so it's cool to like meet and connect with those girls because you never really walk away with a negative experience versus maybe some brands that are super saturated. So you'll have like those in in clicks right but buff bunny she has done a great job of just putting together the team that is everyone brings something different it's it's very unique so i have to ask did max tuning bring any sour strips to the party oh yeah oh yeah we had a ton i think he even he gave us all two um like like, two, like our goodie bags yep and then he actually was kind enough to put me on the pr list so now he sends them to me during like before their launches so i can help him promote. And again, it's just, it's cool. It's so nice to see like people just genuinely encouraging other influencers and creators and, you know, collaborating them together. Um, again, we're all better together. There's enough consumers out there for everyone. So I think collaborations and promoting, you know, the people that you love and you believe in and you like is so powerful. Yeah. Huge key to success for sure. Yeah. Um, so what's your favorite flavor? Uh, it's in between because I'm like a cherry, you know, like I'm a strawberry berry person. So the red, like red cherry, like love that. However, the mango. That one's so unbelievably good. It's so good. It is like when you go to Target and you buy the like dried mango slices. That's, I mean, it's literally what it tastes like, which virtually made with probably like the same ingredients. <laughs> um, but it's probably my favorite. But again, like I'm a fruit. I'm like a fruity person. So like, but like sweeter fruits, not like blue ras. Like I don't really like the tart. 
um, or like the rainbow strip. It's like, mm, like not bad, but just not my favorite. But the mango, <laughs> I can't let it go. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> See what you did there? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Um, so did you work with Athlete at all? Like, did you get to see, work out at Athlete Gym and any of that when you were down there, talk to Christian at all? Yeah, we, we always work out at Athlete Gym. It's so close to like where they put us up, usually in the hotel. And it's nice to get your lifts in there because the energy there is just so lit and you can record and selfie and no one gives a crap. Like no one cares. Um, the only weird thing is that a lot of us uh, on Buff Bonnie actually don't collaborate with Athlete at all. So Heidi and Christian, although they're like the dynamic duo, they do keep themselves very separately business-wise, which I think is so smart. Um, I have, I wear Alphalete. Like I've bought quite a few things when I'm down there from like the store that they have at the gym, just because online ordering is annoying to me, but (laughs) I have bought from them. And I think that again, I think they're both run very, very well, like well-driven and ran companies. So I'll always support them. I would love to like work with them a little bit more. Um, just cause I think again, that power of having the same people, like people just love, like they love that. They're like, Oh my gosh, you work with Buff Bunny and Alphalee. Like I love them both. And so it, it just, it's kind of cool. That hasn't happened yet. Like I might reach out to Christian and just be like, Hey, I'd love to promote cause I love their stuff. But it's also something where you have to, you know, I don't want to like be ringing up 900 different clothing brands. Although I wear them all, I don't want to overload my like my, literally my consumers either so to just wear them right now support them and tag them and bring in you know whatever I can to them separately is completely fine <laughs> right let, let just like the rest kind of happen type yeah, thing like, whatever yeah so okay now getting more onto the entrepreneurship talk then I guess yeah. specifically when did you realize you could make something out of your social medias like was it a, a gradual thing or was there a moment you're like wow crap this is actually taking off like people care what I have to say I'm starting to build a following consistently yeah. So I started my Instagram. Well, my Instagram is my natural, like my forever Instagram. So like, if you want to scroll back, I don't encourage, but if you want to, you can see me all through high school, college, you know, shotgun and beers, whatever you want to do, you can roll back there. Um, but I kind of just naturally began to just share what my life was and my life just evolved into health and wellness. You know, that was just kind of all I had. So as I continued to share that, um, it was my first supplement company. It was called Rev Labs. They're actually still around. Um, best chocolate protein I've ever had. I'll still give that to them. Like, I don't know why it was great. Um, but they were the first company to reach out to me. And I had a little code. It was 20% off. You're like, woohoo. And this was January of 2017. And the first month that I did the code, I had about 5,000 followers, just hit 5K. And I made $33 off my commission. And I was just kind of like, that's going to get me my new outfit for this weekend. Like, let's go. And so that was kind of like, I vividly remember getting that like notification of payment and just being like, I just made, I just made money promoting what I, I like. That is so cool. Um, so that year was kind of a discovery year for me. And then come 20. So that was like January of 2017, August, or I'm sorry, September. Nope. It was August of 2017. That's when I launched my first fit guide in my first challenge. So throughout that year, like, yeah, I was making money. I had some like one-on-one clients, um, workout clients only. I wasn't doing nutrition yet. Cause I was not qualified or educated to pursue that yet. Wasn't done with school. 
Um, so I waited on that, launched my first guide in August. And it was just like, I think I, I had like 300 girls. And at this time I was at though, like I was at about 30 to 40,000 followers. So I had grown pretty quickly and it was like my first big chunk of income. And I was just like, I just worked so hard on this and I actually did make money. Cause like when you're creating it and you haven't launched anything before, you're kind of like, worried. like, does this stuff really sell? Like at this time, you know, all the Gymshark girls were starting to come out with programs. Nikki Blackheader had a program. Um, Amanda Bucci was running programs. So I was like, are people going to buy mine? Like what? So then that was kind of, again, one of those clarity moments where I was like, let's go, like, let's go, let's keep building this community that I have. And that those were kind of my two big, like spring awakenings of like, oh my gosh, I can, this is like real, this is real. And I can like work, I can do this. That's amazing. So how did you grow your platforms? Did you like schedule things? Did you like, how did you kind of plan it all out? And I guess how... How would you suggest people with a smaller following to build their audiences? Yeah, I think when I first started, first off, let me just say, though, that Instagram was way different, um, which is so it's really sad. Like, it's super sad how much it's just kind of evolved and changed, which with the way people started making revenue on Instagram, of course, they had to do something different because they're a free app. You know, you can't you can't blame them in a marketing scheme of things. However, it does suck for smaller influencers now. Um, even bigger influencers, like it's, it's hard for us to grow too. You know, it's, it's not, everyone is struggling um, in different relative ways. But when I first started, no matter what, I think the best thing that you can do and what I did is just come out with a bang. I mean, unapologetically you from the start, because the last thing you want to do is play it a little bit reserved or play it a little bit over, you know, kind of create a fake persona to where then when that real you comes out, cause you're like, Oh man, I've been faking this for a year. Like, I just want to act like this. That's the minute that you built this audience on this persona. And when they see that change, they're going to be like, "Mm -mm, this isn't not, this isn't what I like anymore. Um, there's a difference between evolution of a natural person. And then the, the persona that sometimes people create with social media. So like you think of people like Jake Paul and Logan Paul, they're not that crazy in real life. Like they're not, I guarantee you take that video camera off them. They're two normal dudes who love to hang out, whatever, but they've created a persona for their audience that their audience just eats up. Um, so, I mean, I would only assume that has to be tiring, even though they're so successful. So being just you from the start, um, I think helps a lot and showing up, you know, being vocal with your audience, not being scared to get on your Instagram stories and talk and just shoot the crap. No one, you know, no one cares, but the people that do care that will harvest such a special relationship with them and responding back. Like even now I I respond back to every single comment on my posts. I don't care how many there are. Sometimes it just gets overwhelming and mentally I have to be like, okay, I, I can't, I'm 200 behind. This is not going to happen. But for the most part, I stay on top of it. And I think that is, again, drastically driven a lot of people to not only keep engaging with me because they know they'll hear back, um, but also continue to show that I'm just another person showing up, you know, encouraging you. And if you are taking time on my post, I'm going to take time on yours. You know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to creep on your profile and I'm going to hit you with a hype comment. So I think that just when those people are giving to you, small influencer or big influencer, you have to give back. And that is like the least you can do for these people that are supporting you, whether you're making thousands of dollars or you're making 
a couple bucks a month. Um, it's still people that are choosing to support you when they do not have to like at all. They literally don't sure. Some of them get like 20% off. That's dope. But guess what? All you have to do is type in hashtag Tula and you'll find 900 other people probably with a code. So, but how do you make them love you and support you? Or I shouldn't say, how do you make them, but how do you harvest that relationship? How do you grow that with them? Um, and so that's kind of my biggest takeaway is there's a lot of people out there with a lot of followers and they don't make any money because they have no relationship. So never correlate where you can be in your business off following. Um, would it help to have some more followers or to reach more people? Duh, that, you, you know, followers can be more people that you convert to consumers. Um, but always just driving home a deeper and wider relationship or driving home a wider relationship, not always a deeper relationship is also better too. Cause I don't think if I had 200 more thousand followers, I don't think I could comment back to everyone. And maybe that would decrease my sales cause they wouldn't feel like I'm on that level with them anymore. So being just grateful for what you have and digging really deep and answering every DM and replying to people's stories who even you don't follow, you know, love that. Sometimes I'll just go through, like, I don't know if you go through um, your feed where it shows you who liked your stuff, but some of them have like that red circle around them, which means they have a story. I'll go through random people's stories and I'll just be like, oh my gosh, that looks delicious or like whatever, just because again, you want to give back to those people who are giving back and spending time watching you. A hundred percent. was long winded, but it may, I'm passionate about it because a lot of people don't do it and they don't appreciate it. Girl, it's a podcast. You can get as detailed <laughs> as you want. <laughs> this is why I need a podcast. I could just talk for years. <laughs> so my next question being then, um, when did you realize that monetizing your following in terms of creating a product or service was the best option for your growth as an entrepreneur? And how did it make that come to life? Um, literally right away. I think that's something that a lot of people have even told me. They're like, Des, like you were the first person that I really followed from a low point of like, you know, not a lot of followers who immediately was monetizing. And I think if that's something you want to do, um, again, you have to go in with that intention or else you're going to get to a hundred followers, hundred thousand. Right. And you're going to be like, Hey guys, buy my stuff. And they're going to be like, hold up. I, I thought this was all free. Like, I, uh, <laughs> I don't like this. Right. Cause it's like, okay, now I have to pay for it. No, like this isn't okay. So the minute, again, you have to set up with that intention of who am I going to be? What am I creating? Am I just an influencer? Am I an entrepreneur? There is a pure difference between an influencer and entrepreneur. So do you want to create your own business? Do you want to just be a person of influence and kind of do really fun reviews and blah, 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 maybe drop some merch sometime? Sure. Um, or do you want to create, you know, physical products? Do you want to ship stuff? Do you want to host events? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? So I think immediately out of the gate, because I immediately created, you know, I got codes right away and kind of had this intention of building and being someone in this industry. Um, I knew immediately I wanted to create something. So um, I was in an unpaid internship starting that January of 2017 when I kind of started my Instagram and up until I graduated college, which was May. So during that time, I had no money coming in and I had to figure it out. So I was selling workout programs, personalized person to person for just 40 bucks. That's how I create, you know, so I'm immediately going, Hey guys, yeah, I do this. I went to school for this. It's going to be 40 bucks. Cause this is my education. This is uh, my qualifications, et cetera. So, um, that was how I kind of coined it right away. So again, like if you're a small business out there and you have a 
a product or something that you're wanting to pursue and you're like, well, I just don't have enough following yet. So like, I don't want to do it yet. That is not the right answer. Like you want to just go for it right away. So as you continue to build that following and continue to build that rapport, people already know what you're about. They come to your page. They know what you sell or what your business is. Um, and they can hop right in or stay out. You know, you want to create that precedent from the start. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit about views on social media then. So there was one um, story I remember. You were quite upset. It was a couple of weeks ago, and you were in your closet, I think, and oh. you were you were like really upset. And I remember emailing you that day, and you still responded. And I was like, "This girl is like a superhero. Like I don't think that I, if I was that upset, I would have been able to, like, still stay on the platform and be able to connect with my large following and like not put up a front because it's not what I thought you were doing at all. But like the right. fact that you're like, I'm just gonna keep pushing through." So I just want to touch on that because I thought yeah. that was like a really special moment. Cause then a couple of days later, you had another story in the closet. You're like, I'm not crying this time. Like I'm back. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, social media can be such a blessing, such a curse. And again, even on, even on the days where I get just that one negative person, right. I'm like, dang, God really isn't giving me what I want. Cause I don't think what I really want which is a bigger platform and the power to reach more people. I don't know if I could handle that right now. Um, mentally, you know, I don't, I don't know if I could handle people attacking me and my values and my morals. Cause as you become bigger, sadly, that is just what's going to happen. I don't care how great you are. I don't care how nice you are. It's just, it's inevitable. So, um, when I was in the, when I was in the closet crying, um, it was one of those days where I just received a message and it, it just tore me up. And especially because the people that are behind the keyboard, first and foremost, are probably never watching your stories, right? They're probably never really watching you to understand who you are, what you love, how much you help people. Um, and I'm not the one to also like put, like put out what all I do for people. So I do so much stuff, you know, in the background that just makes me feel good to help others that I'm, I'm not going to flex that to people, right? Like, Oh guys just donated this much. Like no one needs to know. So when people try to attack, attack my integrity and who I am as a person and my passion and my love for other humans, it freaking hurts. And even if it's just one person, it ruins my whole day. Um, so that day, um, it was just one of those kind of one of those breaking point days and on top of like probably PMS and being in a, a rental house, you know, all these things combined where I was just like, I showed up and I'm like, dude, today sucks. Like today kind of sucks. And I'm, it's a, not a bad life. It's a bad day, but it's a bad enough day where I need to remove myself from this environment love you guys, but I got to go. Um, during that time I stayed silent on social media, but I still try to keep up on my DMS because in my opinion, to go out of your way to DM someone or email someone that is an effort to like a post to, to quickly comment on a post. It's really not that hard. Like on Instagram, if you think of how active you are just on the home page, but to physically go out of your way to type out a message that is actual effort. Um, so I tried to keep up on at least a few DMs that I felt mentally okay, like scrolling through and reading. Um, Cause the last thing I needed to do was see another negative one. Um, but it's kind of during that time where like, I didn't want to show up for everyone in public, but for the people that are continuing to show up for me on like in the background, you know, I want to be there for them and just be like, thank you so much. That's amazing. Thanks. I like, I give you so much props for that. Cause yeah, like I said, I, I, if I had a breakdown, I would be like shutting the whole world out for like a while. Right. Well, and, and you, and I, 
I do, but the relationship that I've harvested with my community, like I feel so open to sharing most of my life on social media. You know, there are are parts of my life that I keep private and for a specific reason. They're my little, my little diamond in my little pearl in my little shell that I like to keep to myself. Um, but for the most part, not enough people are vulnerable enough to a point, to a point where you just remain very human with people. Um, and that's when some, t- all of a sudden people put you on this like celebrity pedestal and it's like, honey, I'm, I'm in a rental house right now with a futon and that's it. Like we are on the same level, honey, don't worry about it. So I think showing up and, and showing those vulnerable sides when necessary, um, is very powerful and can just be a reminder to people that it's sometimes it can just suck and that's okay. Right. Right. Um, so I feel like you already answered this question, but if you could only choose one platform, which would it be? (laughs) Um, Honestly, it's in between because I think Instagram, obviously I've already grown like a large platform on Instagram. So I'd be dumb not to choose it. However, if I could really be good at one thing, it would truly be like a podcast or YouTube. Like I wish that's kind of where I made my big breakthrough first. Um, Just because I think it's so much more exclusive. Like you don't have to scroll through anyone's feed. You don't have to watch anyone else. It's just you and that relationship and that community you have. Um, but yeah, that, that would be like my personal thought. Okay. Okay. So let's get into some fun topics then into some like personal life and all that. So hobbies, um, when and where did you develop your interest in shuffling? Because every video watcher just like want to see more. And I'm like, no other influencers like this fun. It just like shares their little like combo that they've created. I'm assuming you created Yes. Yes. So shuffling. Yes. I usually create my own combos because I think that's the beauty of shuffling or even just dancing in general is you, you just like vibe, right? Like what, what is my body feeling? How is it feeling with the music? And you just kind of rock with it. So shuffling, I got really inspired when I went to my first fest, um, at Coachella. I always watch shuffling videos. Cause I think like dance, if I could have been a dancer, I totally would have been. Cause I, I love it. But being an athlete, in a three, like three, four sport athlete, my parents just like, couldn't take me to a dance class. You know, it was like, not it. So I think picking it up and just learning it for fun was so great, especially when I was in Florida, it's a little bit harder now being here in Ohio, but I think in the summer, like it'll get, get back to me, like being outside and having fun. Um, but it was just something that I picked up and I knew that I was like really awkward with it first, but I knew I wanted to get better at it. So it was just one of those things that you're so focused on the beat and like what's playing in your head and where that, where that musicality is like you, you really cannot think about anything else. And so when you're in the gym and you're in between a rest break, you know, you can get to thinking about, Oh, well shoot, I have this bill due. I have to meet up with X, Y, and Z. I have to do this. But when you're dancing or even just like in doing just something active, you don't really have the time to like sit and think about what's next. um, Other than, a a physical step, a dance, you know? So it's just so fun. It's so freeing to me. And, and again, it was just something I knew I wanted to learn so that I could have that, that escape in that fun outdoor activity. Does your husband shuffle? No, (laughs) absolutely not. Does he dance at all? He'll cheer me on. Yeah. He can dance. Like he can dance, you know, don't get me wrong, but not like a all right, five, six, seven, eight, (laughs) not like a, a organized dance. So where did you learn? Like, did you just watch videos on it and get like tutorials? 
Yeah, I literally just watch videos. I'm not a tutorial person, and I'm not someone that can learn with steps. I just have to watch over and over and over. So, like, I'm a visual learner, so I would just watch, like, my favorite shufflers or even just YouTube compilations of, like, shuffle, and I would just rewind and watch, like, their feet and just, okay, so they rock their left foot forward while their right came across, okay, and then they threw this in with their arms, and I would just go and practice that one move on beat. So I would do, like, my typical running man which is like base. You just need to get good at that first. And then I would just try to add in that move on beat. And then I would just go back to my typical running man because I was safe there. And then the next beat drop, I would try that move again. So it was very much self-taught in the aspect of like, I had to just, I had to just do it and feel it and vibe it versus like watching a shuffle video with like, all right, first we're going to like bring our right knee up and, you know, put it down. That was just confusing to me. Yeah, it's not like you went to a class and everyone's like, okay, this is how you learn to shuffle. Yeah, I did go to one workshop um, for EDC. I went to Vanessa Seco's workshop. First, like, shuffle, first dance class, right? Like, and it was fun. It was definitely something where I would go to another one, but it was just so packed. I'm like, I'd rather have a one-on-one coach and, like, learn. That would be super fun. I think I could do that, like, in person. But when it came to, like, videos on, like, Instagram, like, YouTube tutorials, it just, like, I can't learn from, like, a a mirrored image, right? I need like a person in front of me. Right, right. So do you have any other interests that don't involve fitness that like you haven't really shared on social media or maybe you have, have, but just not shed a lot of light on it? Um, I mean, I love like taking pictures. Like I love like photography. Like I did my sister's wedding and like her baby shower and stuff like that. Like I, I love that type of stuff. I'm not like super good at it, but it's just like something if I get behind a camera, like I know angles. So I like, I love taking pictures for like my friends or whatever. Um, but I think outside of that really just like, I love board games, like with like Wyatt, I love game nights and stuff. I love skiing. Skiing has been a new found like thing of mine. Just and, like, like Alpine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing crazy nothing crazy yet would you would you do any like rails or boxes I I would try yeah like if I got better for sure um I tried snowboarding and I'm not bad at it for like a beginner like my first few runs like really not bad but it's just I hate I have bad knees and a bad back so like to get the the act of getting up and down because you have to like put your bindings on like and take them off every single time it's just like hard on my body so I think skiing like getting really good at skiing would be Better for me. But I think anything true crime, too. Is that a hobby? True crime? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll go with that. Anything solving cases. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I love I love true crime. I love just, like, reading about it and watching documentaries and stuff like that. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so let's get on to your relationship, then. How did you and your husband meet? Like, were you doing an activity? Was it just in a class? <laughs> we were drinking. Um, but we were, well, it's a, it's a mix because technically we met in the dorms, like in the hallway. Um, he came in as a freshman and then this was when I transferred in as a sophomore. So I'm older than him, um, only by like nine months, but technically in like school, we were like a year apart. So when he came in as a freshman, my friend, um, since he was on the football team and I was on the volleyball team, my friend was like, Hey, that's Wyatt from the football team. And, you know, I looked back and I was like, hi, I'm Des. He's like, hi, I'm Wyatt. And at this time he had a man bun. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah so mm, I was like he's 
he's cute. Um, okay. And then, but it was August. So we were all in pre-seasons and we were all in season and they like the schools awkwardly purposely keep volleyball and football away from each other. Like we were literally in different sports facilities as well as, um, different, like we could never go to football games because we were always away when they were home. Like, it's so weird. So we never really got to, like, correspond with football team other than when we would come home from our games on Fridays. They would get down with their games on Fridays, and we'd, like, just go out and rage on the weekends. So one – this was, like, a few weekends after my volleyball career was, like, ended. Like, I was done playing at the university. And we went out, and this was literally the weekend where I was, like, told my friend, I was, like, you know what? I'm so done with guys. I am so over it. I am not, I'm not going after anyone. I am just single and going to find myself, you know, all that. My friend's like, go sis, like go sis. And then that night I, (laughs) we were out and he was out with us, which again, like just didn't really happen a lot. We didn't always connect like out. And I looked at my friend, I was like on a table dancing with her, um, not a pool. We were on a coffee table. Let me get that straight. And I looked at my friend, I was like, I just really want to kiss Wyatt and she was like, do it or I will. She was just encouraging me. Oh, I think. Okay. I think. Are um, you guys still friends? <laughs> yeah. So she so that was just like kind of what pushed me to do it. And so from from that night forward, we like kissed that one time. That was it. And then we we exchanged phone numbers. We started following each other on Instagram. He started like liking my posts. I would like his back. And then all of a sudden we had our class together. We ended up having a class. So we started like studying together, like real, real studying. Let me get that straight. We were actually studying. Um, but during that time, we just kind of got to know each other. And before you know it, it was like May, you know, we were getting out of school or um, yeah, it was May. And he asked me to come home with him to like meet his family. And then like, that's the weekend we like started dating. So we, we talked for about like two months before we started dating Um, and we would like, just hang out, like go to go out on the weekends, like reconnect during the week, you know, he'd come over in between his lunch classes or whatever. And, um, it was very low key. And then we started dating and haven't looked back. That's That's crazy. So how many years did you date? And then he proposed, we were together three and a half years before he proposed. Um, and then we were together officially like four and a half, um, before we got married and then this year in May will be five years. So like total five. I know it's crazy. We were looking back at our pictures the other night, just like scrolling. And I was like, wow, like that is a, that's a long time. Like a lot has happened um, in that time. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Five. Yeah. So much has happened. Like graduating school, starting your biz, growing your following. What does he do for a living? If you don't mind me asking. He's in sales. So he did, he did sales for a company down in Florida. And then, um, he ended up quitting because we, we just wanted to come back home and we're like, you know what, now's the time you're, you're allowed to be unemployed. And let me tell anyone out there too, like y'all are allowed to be unemployed. You can find what you're passionate about. You have every right to do that. Um, but he was unemployed for a little bit and just recently got a new job. So he'll start in like a week or two, um, same thing sales, but this time more so like for private jets. So I might be flying private. <laughs> Not really, but that that's one goal of mine. I'm like, you just one time. I really want to just fly on a private plane just once. <laughs> Bucket list things. I know. I'm like, I have to get a matching tracksuit. I have to get a big, a big ass bag and take that like cool sunglasses pick. Yeah. Kylie well, Jenner, like 
one that's the life just one, one day one time if gucci has a return policy i'll buy all gucci and go back take it right back <laughs> i just, love the way you think just photoshop out the tags <laughs> <laughs> so um are you long distance from your family then like where are they located because you're yeah. in ohio they're four hours away and even when i was in florida they were still like four hour flight so like no matter what, we're four hours now, but it's kind of, it's better because obviously I can walk and, or not walk, drive and actually see them. Here's my husband. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, your in-laws. We're about 40 minutes from them. Oh, okay. So you're real close. Them. Yep. So they're, okay. they're the ones based here in Ohio. My, my family's the one in Michigan. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So how did the home buying process go? Like, were you guys in an apartment first and then relocated or reliving at one of your parents' houses? Yeah. So we we left Florida, like literally on a whim, like within two weeks, within a two week span, we were like, we're leaving and we're leaving on this date. So we didn't have anything set up here. Um, we moved back into his mom's house and she, the, like the house was on the market. So we were also buying a house and then they're also selling their house. So we're like, Oh my God, like, let's just hope we find something before we have to be out. Sadly, we don't get into our house until March 1st. But we found a really just like perfect rental home that we could have for however long we want. Like the rental people weren't like, you know, oh, six months, you know, nothing like that. So it was month to month. So we're really lucky. We're like 10, we're like 13 minutes from our actual house going to be right now. So this will just do for the rest of the month. And then we're in our real house. That's so exciting. This is your first one. It's going to be really cool. Is it like um, how many stories? Like is there a basement, main and like top level or... So finished basement, which we got so lucky. That was like something we really wanted, but weren't picky about, but we have a finished basement. We have a main level with like, you know, kitchen, dining, living room, and then top level with like three bedrooms and like a really cool lofted area. Okay. And did you say you're 24 and he's 23? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and it's, he's, he's 24 now. He just had his birthday last week. Oh, right, right, right. Your Instagram. <laughs> no, even, even I forgot. I'm like, I know he had a birthday, but you know how you're like stuck at one age forever. Yeah. Why it's probably always going to be 23 to me. So, <laughs> I, and I'm always going to be 22. When people ask me typically, I'm like, yeah, I'm 22. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and then your home has a two car garage? Yes. Cool. And you, you and Dwight have your own cars or do you just yep. use one as of now? Yeah, we, we both have our own. He's, we're we're hopefully hoping to get like a new car soon for him because he's been leasing for a few years, you know, adult stuff, whatever. Uh, but that's kind of like one of our next goals after the house. It's like getting a really like, really nice car so that we don't have to get another one, you know, for like a long time. Gotcha. So, um, what made you guys want to buy the house? Like, was there certain things you're looking at? You just need more space. Like, it was just the time to look. Yeah, we well, first off, we definitely needed a home. We knew that we moving back here. Oh, hi. Moving back here where we were going to be um, here for a while. And this is our home. Like, this is where we want to have kids. This is where we want to have a family. So we knew we wanted to buy because renting is just outrageously dumb. (laughs) If you're looking, if you're in an area where you're going to be. So we were like, we definitely need to buy a house. Started that home looking experience. And we stumbled across this one. We were the first viewing, first people to get in the house. And we immediately made an offer. We're like, this is perfect. We both had those, like that, just like feeling of like, this is literally home. Um, and then we just, we put an offer in. They accepted exactly what we gave. And we started the process and closed a month later. So it was 
a really amazing process compared to I feel like some people like have or they're like literally in between so many homes but for us we saw about we saw about 12 to 14 houses and this one it was just like yeah like forget everything else this is awesome yeah you guys I would say luck did play a little part in that too that everything just fell so perfectly yeah well everything happens for a reason and we knew once that happened we're like this is so weird we're meant to be here why it's new job coincidentally is literally 10 minutes away and so it just it was awesome it was like amazing amazing God thing. Like, thank you for listening to your intuition and going home. I know it was scary. I know you had a lot of things in the air, but it all worked out really well. Good. Good. That's, I'm so happy to hear that. So how long did the actual home process buying take? Uh, it was probably a month. I don't really know if we could have expedited it either. Like I think we did pretty close to the books on what an average closing was and is, um, so it was about a month, but it, it did involve a lot of like paperwork and a lot of things on our end just to ensure that we had, you know, tax forms and stuff to like prove our income and prove this. So if you're someone out there or looking to, you know, buy a house or whatever, all I can say is like truly be organized, like make sure you know where documents are, make sure that you're keeping track of those things and not losing them. Or if you're right out of college, like have a copy of your diploma or have your diploma um, it's just, it's really important to have everything. It just makes it way easier on you. So you can just scan it, ship it over, and then they do the rest. Okay. Well, it's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you want to be married before buying a home together or have you lived together previously? Um, we lived together previously. We moved in together last August. Um, so when we moved to Florida, that was our first time living together. Obviously in college, you like virtually live together, right? Like you're kind of back and forth at each other's houses. You're just having little summer parties, hanging out. Um, but our actual like living experience was in August in Florida. So once we moved in and you know, everything was normal, like just like we kind of expected, um, when we came back here, obviously at this point we were married, but we were like, okay, we're ready to like financially purchase a home together. Um, so that it wasn't, you know, buying one as like a boyfriend and girlfriend or something, you know, it's a little bit different. So being able to be husband and wife, like purchasing a home together, um, was what our goal was. Okay. Were your parents strict at all with like being like, Oh, you need to have a ring on your finger before settling into this house. Not really at all. I, I would say more of just being smart financially, you know, both of our last names are the same. We don't have to um, change anything legally on the documents and blah, blah, blah. Like it would just be a pain in the ass to have a different last name and then have to change that on like the deed, the title, the homeowner's insurance, the loan, blah, blah, blah. So, um, waiting for that was just easier for us. And our parents, um, my parents were pregnant with me before they were married. So they don't really even have room to speak and they didn't care. They were just like, make sure that you're, you know, you both are on the same page of like just what your goals are and what your timelines are. And we very much were, so it worked out really well. Good. So we just like killed all those questions. Um, one that I usually ask is, are you happy with the path that you're taking right now in life? Is there something you're excited for that's coming up? Something that you wish could change in the near future? I think right now I'm just continuing to learn to be more content. I'm a person that's always striving for what's next, thinking about what's next, worrying about what's next versus being excited. So learning how to really just hone in on every day going like, wow, like, look at what I've built. Look at what I have. 
Um, and taking it truly day by day is something I'm just, I'm continuously learning. I'm trying to be better at that. So I think the one thing I'm most excited for is launching my monthly membership program for my app. Um, just something that will give my audience who maybe isn't in a financial place to like join my challenges or purchase my programs outright to still find that help, seek it, have so much value, have two qualified professionals, almost three. We just brought on a new coach. Um, so have having all of us just be there to support them um, and have them just be able to invest in something for their health that's not going to break their bank. So I'm really excited to like give to that demographic that I haven't really been able to. Amazing. Amazing. Well, is there anything else you want to add to the episode? Not really. I would just, I guess, you know, something that I just always end people with is just keep showing up. Like I know a lot of people out there think that X, Y, Z can't happen for them or like they don't deserve it, you know, or they, they don't think that they have the education to get there or they don't have whatever. So whatever you're working towards, you know, continue to educate yourself around it to be the best that you can be. Um, but don't count yourself out just because you're not there yet. A lot of things take so much time. It's a, it's very few and far between where people be people gain success immediately. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's some crazy stories out there, you know, crazy people have just taken off. Um, but for the average person who's just grinding every day, doing something they love, it's just not going to happen like that. So keep, keep pushing every day, maybe hoping that this could be my big break today. You never know what you're waking up to, but be patient and happy knowing that you're, you know, you're always on the upward slope, even though it sometimes might, might be like this. It's still overall progress going up. Right. For sure. Um, is there a social media that you want to link for everyone to go check you out at? Of course you guys can check me out at my Instagram. It's just Des B D E S B as in boy, but not a boy fit as in fitness with three underscores. Um, there you can, pretty much be directed to any of my other platforms by clicking the link in my bio, you know, my Twitter's linked, LinkedIn, <laughs> my Facebook, my YouTube, all of that stuff is there. So I feel like as long as you find my Instagram, you can find everything else. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it so much to take, you know, some time out of your busy day to connect with the listeners. Um, and yeah, I just, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for being on today. No, of course. You're welcome. Thank, thank you for having me. And I hope that your listeners got something out of this or even just kind of introduced to a different mindset. I know that was kind of an abrupt ending, but we had some technical difficulties at the end there. But we were very fortunate to still be able to complete the podcast and have her say her last few words in the outro. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was definitely one of my favorites I've recorded thus far. And I really appreciate everyone that stays to listen all the way to the end. Um, it means the absolute world. So I will see you guys in my next episode.